you know that feeling when everyone is talking about a movie that you haven't seen? Have you ever felt compelled to make some vague comments just so you can join in the conversation? Well, what if you were in too deep? Do you think you could convince everyone that you'd seen it? Or do you think your version would be so much better that no one would care? Here at Faking Movies, we're always the ones who haven't seen the movie. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Faking Movies. Uh, wow, Seth didn't make the sound. He's. We've been talking about swallowing H-dogs. You know, dirty, dirty H-dogs. Like uh, you do. As why, you do. why taste when you can just get the protein right in you? Like... As, that's how as, I feel. That's why I only uh, use uh, what do you call it? An arm calf. Uh, oh, <laughs> Ooh, you don't put yeah. hot dogs in there, do you? Oof, I puree them. Oh, I got full bad dogs. News for you. Full yeah. dogs, right to the veins. Yep. Anyway, it's episode one, two, four. You should go on our Twitter. <laughs> I need um, more salt in my body. <laughs> <laughs> salt I, and cured meat is what my blood was lacking. I can't. I have no idea. Why is this what we do? Um, okay, so hey, that was Seth. He's talking about salt and cured meat. So you know how he's doing. Great. Um, also, I'm also joined by my dear friend Zach. What's up, Zach? Oh, not much. How are you doing? Seems I like yeah, not you well. seem very frustrated. I, just, it, I don't know what just happened. Like we were all having a good time, and then we started swallowing hot dogs <laughs> and talking about putting them in our veins. And like, anyway. This is a show. This is the darkest timeline, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Zach. That, that uh, sums it up. This is a show. Yeah. Yes. Before you start, because you, you you are doing one this week. Yep. You know what I couldn't get out of my head all day today? Oh. I, do, no. Was it hot do you dog remember, related? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, mm. It depends on how dirty you want to be. But <laughs> do you guys remember Shiny Time Station? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember Mr. To- Sir Topham Hat? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he fucks? Like, I mean, I my I think that's explicitly on, not in his nature. I think. He's like a, a train baron, and I feel like he's not happy, and he and he has no no home life that we that we see. It's true, but yeah. we don't see the home lives of anything in that show. I mean, other than the trains, because they're oh yeah, well, when they go to sleep, slave allegory. All the trains like, are male, though. That's also interesting. I never thought about hmm. that. That's interesting. Thanks, the nineties. Yeah. The, is it it's a slavery allegory, right? Oh, yeah, surely. Oh. Well now that you say it, I guess. Because they're yeah. happy when they work and that's like how the that's, if you've ever if you've ever read like anti Tom fiction. So I, I, I always thought it was genre. more like uh like a you know, an indictment of the capitalist system. Uh, I mean that's hey, that's but, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, welcome to our comedy podcast i really like gordon gordon was my favorite because he was the angry (laughs) one and james was the asshole so gordon was a real like like he was the slave rebellion train yeah well he was he was like grumpy the whole time but super strong freak the fuck out (laughs) oh no yeah he was Uh, a real major from animal farm uh, yeah. And See, I want to talk more about that, this anti-Tom fiction. You know, there was a whole bunch of fiction in the 1850s that was true. Uh, in response to Uncle Tom's Cabin, and it's all white Southerners talking about how awesome slavery hey, is. Hey, fancy that. Yeah, Yo, the- I, I, I rode my bike around a lake, uh, I think last week, and I saw a- Didn't drown yourself and you wish you had? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, in hindsight, yes. Now, sitting in this exact moment that we're in right now. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there was some diner up in like Bumfuck, and it was just called Uncle Tom's. Mm. And I was like, I mean, oh, man. He could be an uncle. Actually, Percy was my favorite. He's the I'm- smallest tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I> Percy, too. <laughs> Okay, this is shining time. Oh, there was talk. Uh, there were there were two female characters, and they were the uh, train cars that Thomas pulled behind him, Annabelle and something else. I can't oh, remember. Right. Yeah, but those are the some, I believe the only two female characters in the entire in show. In some episodes, does like it's the trains like push them from behind. Is that sexual? I presume so. I feel like the whole show was sexual because uh, uh, George Carlin was involved. Right, and sometimes uh, Ringo Starr, and we know that Ringo fucks. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of the only thing he does, I think. Yeah, like an octopus. 
Well, it's like he yeah he rips off his mating tentacle and then gifts it to the female, and if she's receptive, she'll accept it, or she will just devour him. You know, there's an octopus bad at drumming joke in here somewhere, but I'm just gonna skip it. Let's. Oh, I went with I went with Ringo Starr as an octopus who fucks. Anyway, Sir Topham Hat probably pays prostitutes and like oh, you know, yeah that's... i feel like he does and no i have no problem with sex like sex work as a as a thing but yeah agreed but like sir topham had is yeah he probably tries to take advantage of the situation i think he definitely I does like i don't think he pays yeah. like he's the... a dirty fucking capitalist yeah. pig. like <laughs> he's true. the first one yeah. he's the first one to die on that island he sure is yeah i have no idea what's happening <laughs> anyway zach is doing a movie this week <laughs> I don't know if any of that's usable, but I hope it is. <laughs> oh, my so, Zach, what movie are you doing this week? I am doing a movie called True I think I saw fried food. Stories. <laughs> True Stories, uh, starring... God, I hope this um, is a Shining Time Station fiction. Well, I'm going to have to straight off the dome that one, but here we go. <laughs> oh, man, it would have been crazy if you fucking pulled that shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, there is a musician in this one, so you could have pitched him as a as a uh, Mister. Oh, that is true. Uh, yeah, you really could have. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Uh, okay, so we've got up top John Goodman losing that weight. Good on you, Spalding Gray, a person who I think I looked him up without with like the peeking through your fingers Google thing that you have to do when you look up people on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh-huh. the only thing I could find about him was that he made a play about his own life, and that was the most famous thing he ever did. So I assume he's he's sucks. a famous monologuist. Yeah, he's he, he's yeah. like an orator, like a classic orator. He uh, one of his one of his more famous pieces involved, um, uh, not in, not improv so much, but like uh, interviewing audience members before the show, and then the entire show is him having dialogues with audience members. Oh. That actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah. I assumed he sucked, but okay. No, he he was actually, he's very famous. He's also in Kate and Leopold, if you've ever seen that. Yeah. Which is a movie I I expect Zach to have watched. Yeah, that's... Weird, charming. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Have you seen that one? Yeah. I definitely have. I don't immediately remember. I don't remember much about it. A really weird, charming movie about things, including elevators, but he is in that (laughs) one. Okay. Um... Perhaps, well, unfortunately, my second favorite cast member. Well, I don't know. John Goodman's pretty great, too. But um, she's back, baby. Swoozy Kurtz. Oh, Swoozy. Swoozy Kurtz. God, she's great. Mm -hmm. Is Um, there a better person? Uh, well, Alice and Janney is pretty great. No. Yeah, I mean, Alice and Janney is up there. and Like Uh, any of of our national treasures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who's the... Um, wow, it's probably been like 50 episodes since we, we brought that Since up. we yeah. mentioned the National Treasures, yeah. So she she's yeah. in that, that very good category with like, um, definitely Alice and Janney. Um, who is the woman who's on The Good Wife and The Good Fight, whom I love the most? Christine Baranski. Christine Baranski has been on a couple times. Mm. They feel like contemporaries. Yeah, like, from like Adam's... Personal hero, Christine Yeah, Baranski. from Adam's <laughs> family so values, great. yeah. Oh shit, she is. Yeah. Ooh, she's a villain in that, but yeah. I mean, mm. but she gets she does get murdered Becky at Martin the end Granger. of it. It's true. Mm-hmm. She does. Um and then uh David Byrne himself? No, they uh, don't. They only implicitly get roasted alive. That's true. But they don't. Yes, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, David Byrne and yes. the he uh, of the large suits. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he of the boxy gray suits. Um and then I was told this was co-written by Stephen Tobolowski. Yes, it was. Um, a, a note that I explicitly disregarded because my movie is nothing like a thing that I think he would write. But uh, well, I appreciate the note. Interesting opinion. you say that. But Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about uh, we some of that fuckery. On... Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, we'll we'll fill you in on that. Um, should we just bring that up now so we don't forget to fill him in on that? Or? No, it's not no, going to change my right. movie. That's I mean, right. If you want to. Oh, well, oh, I mean, okay. we could. It's up All to you, right, Lee. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I, I want to bring it up now. Be I, I love it because it's such a crazy factoid. Yeah, um, well, and I think we should bring it up now. Okay. So, um, David Byrne uh, met Stephen Tobolowski and playwright at a, at a cocaine uh, Pul- party, I assume. Yeah, Pulitzer yeah. Prize-winning playwright Beth Henley, who Stephen oh, Tobolowski was, dating was at, time, at that right? time in a relationship with. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he, David Byrne asked them to write him a screenplay. And they did, 
And then months later, he got back to them and said, hey, I changed most of it, but can I credit you two? Can I credit you two ahead of me so people don't think this is a vanity project? Oh, okay. I was going to say, if he thought he needed more fame, like name-wise, that would be crazy. But vanity project, I totally get. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll talk more about this later. He, he uh, David Byrne had also put out, well, I don't know when this movie was made, but he is famous mm-hmm. for making some vanity-ish movies, I think, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, actually. Yeah, I mean, mostly uh, this. So I'm a big Talking Heads person. I am not a big David Byrne after the Talking Heads person. Right. So I honestly kind of... Okay. Yeah. It was mostly afterwards, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. After the 1992 album, No Talking, Just Heads, in which the rest <laughs> of the members of the band made an album without him. Oh, it's like Guns N' Roses, but probably way better. Yeah, yeah. It's a really it's it's a a, good album. There's, there's some bangers on I there. I listened to I it am, after I'm they bad. told me about it this weekend. We watched this movie together. So, mm-hmm. Right on. Okay. All right, Zach, give us your movie, and then we will talk about a bunch of bullshit. Okay, well, I feel different. All right, well, go for it. All right, so I should be quick is what I'm hearing. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, note, no, I don't Here are so. Here are two movies I did not make. <laughs> okay, good. Um, okay, so first idea was a bunch of people stuck somewhere, like maybe an elevator or a uh, stopped subway car. Oh, like in the movie Devil. Yeah. Yeah, well, so Devil was the first thing that came to mind. Or in the movie The Taking of Pelham 123. Well, uh, less so. I was thinking like way more cramped and Money way more uncomfortable. Lee, you've never um, seen the original Taking a Film 123, no, so like, I, I feel you're like only, you're, you're not an authority to talk <laughs> yeah. about that yeah. particular movie franchise. Okay, what about that episode of Boy Meets World where they get Jesus stuck on the subway Christ. on New Year's? It's exactly like that. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, so they each uh, tell the tales of their lives mostly out of boredom and thinking they might die, <laughs> embellishing wildly. Uh, and the audience is privy to both the uh, fictional bits, which mm-hmm. they're telling, and the actual truth of it. And it's the juxtaposition that's kind sure. of the fun part. Yeah. This sounds a lot like uh, the Canterbury Tales. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Where it's like okay. uh, like yeah. an omniscient narrator sort of situation, and you see things from a multiple pers- perspectives. Mm-hmm. Different people telling yeah. different stories, yeah. and then you also hear so different perspectives more, on those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More on that later, yeah. <laughs> um, Uh-oh. So the, the second one, uh, David Byrne is a bartender. Uh, okay. We spend the whole movie in a bar, mostly watching people interact, seeing bar stories slash incidents playing out. It's a lot of like then, short vignettes or something. A lot of short vignettes, but mostly heavily drenched in alcohol. Uh, and then we glimpse bits of the actual truth, realizing that the drunk narratives are heavily modified and reality is quite a bit sadder. That sounds really cool, actually. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Like, un- like everybody is unreliable in their own telling of any story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and David Byrne is the um uh, Tom Waits played a bartender in some movie we did recently. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, was like equally sort of not. Oh, Rumblefish. Yeah, he was Rumblefish. In Rumblefish. Yeah. He was yeah. just like there randomly and was like, hey, exactly. Hey, kids, don't not fuck not with important, shit. but somehow felt like the narrator character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, like okay. Jeff Daniels in Pleasantville. Much oh. like Jeff Daniels in Pleasantville. Also, Toby McGuire okay. for some reason. Well, Joan Allen creates color in the world by masturbating. Oh so. yeah, and then uh, Reese. It's a it's a cooler then movie. Reese than Withers, then like. Reese Witherspoon fucks like a dude. It's pretty. Yeah, dope. and that yeah. just that it's, just it's actually a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, I like Pleasant Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We can talk about it because we talked about it in our episode 50 nightmare. Oh, yeah, that's right. I yeah. tried to like just strike that from, from every part of my life. So Seems mm-hmm. right. Seems right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I'm going to ask the jury to disregard this evidence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a mistrial yeah. for sure. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I just want you to have the catchphrase, that's a mistrial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, a, just a karate chop mistrial. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh, uh, okay, so in my actual movie, we will generally explore interpersonal relationships. Okay. Um, we start with David Byrne and Swoozy. Uh, David has stopped making sense at the hand of early onset amnesia. Mm-hmm. See how that goof was fun and then super not fun right away? Yep. It's, it's fun on paper. Cool. It's a great goof on paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, <laughs> uh, I've watched that concert vi- movie um Upwards of thirty-five times. I I, the Talking movie. Heads are incredible, but not without. Seth their isn't a Talking Heads person. I learned this this weekend. Oh, interesting. I assumed he would be, which is why I thought he would enjoy this movie. No, but... it's because yeah. the the lack of. Well, I'll talk about the reasons why the Talking Heads and I don't get along super well. But uh, okay, 
did it did they kill your dog or something that seems weird i obviously don't have a dog if they killed one of my plants maybe i'm gonna zach i'm gonna ask you a quick question how many other talking heads album titles are you gonna fit into this zero i Uh, my talking heads knowledge is shallow i will say um but i you know i had to squeak that one in Um, shallow as this premise i'll try (laughs) if i hear any that that sound like they make sense i'll oh yeah if i stumble upon be be sure to bring them up yeah yeah absolutely Um, so David Byrne, uh, amnesia early, uh, Swoozy, talking head 77, <laughs> Swoozy, his wife has now largely become his caretaker, uh, which is a very difficult transition. That's mm-hmm. very real for a lot of people, especially now. Well, you know, everyone lives to be way too old, uh, and just won't die. Um, so David lives in these ever changing realities and Swoozy largely plays along with them just to make his everyday life easier. Um, mm. despite it being extremely difficult to keep up with and to follow different versions of the truth every minute of every day. Speaking in tongues, sure. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, of course he's <laughs> going to fucking do that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, before his premature death, uh, he regresses far enough that he thinks Swoozy is his mother, a, quote, truth Ooh. she again goes along with uh, just to placate the whole situation and sort mm-hmm. of make his... Right end times and her immediate life sort of more simple um moving on we go down the this is a bunch of transitive so it's two characters and then we take one of those and then introduce a new character again and again okay yeah sure that's cool i like that yeah now we're on swoozy and spalding um they are dating uh having been friends lifelong previously um swoozy was Mm -hmm. of course married to david whom they were both friends with uh during the majority of their lifetimes um spalding knows that david uh a wayward artist uh, artist type uh was perennially unfaithful to her uh, but felt that he couldn't mm. tell her especially as his health deteriorated as i just described um he knew how much the situation uh, and personal dynamic weighed on her already uh, and couldn't bring himself to tell her even though it enraged him to see her now caring for someone who was so secretly sort of horrible to her sure um it's a real fear of music like he couldn't he couldn't bring himself to to, to face the, the reality yeah. oh i somehow already had forgotten that you're doing this jesus thing. christ okay. <laughs> uh so he he carries this burden as they date into their relationship feeling both like he has spared her additional misery um but also knowing that it weighs on him considerably and uh he's made this decision for her uh, without her consent or agency, which mm-hmm. I think is sort of always a tenuous situation when it's Absolutely. like, should I tell this person? Uh, should I in not a tell this committed person? relationship, that seems like a shitty thing. Especially given that dynamic. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so next we have Spalding and John. Um, they are brothers in a rather tumultuous family. Uh, John is considerably younger, I think also in real life. Uh, and experiences most of the trauma as things get worse over time and Spalding has already moved out and become an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, John has a somewhat fragile sensibility as it is currently, uh, so Spalding tries not to burden him with the family drama um, despite increasingly bad conditions. Um, John has extremely strong ties with his family and explores these relationships in his art. Uh, during one particularly bad flight, uh, it is revealed that John's father is not, in fact, his biological father, um, perhaps being the darkest family secret. This is like not new stuff. Like this mm-hmm. trope happens quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. yeah. They wanted, they didn't want this to remain in light. They wanted it to, uh, so pleased with yourself. So <laughs> pleased with yourself. I've only had to look one of these up. I know the rest of them. <laughs> uh, but which one? Yeah. Oh, we'll never know. Uh, so Spalding immediately knows that this would shatter John's entire world uh, and vows to keep the family secret to protect right. himself. John, yeah. From, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, finally, we have John and David looping back around to David Byrne. Um, David is, or I guess was, is a mentor for father? John professionally. No. Uh, 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 actually, that would have been interesting. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's his and mentor. Like John already knows that, and that's why everything is fucked up. Like that's well, why Spalding oh. knows it. Yeah, oh. no, no, no. But John Goodman already knew that David Byrne was actually his father, and oh. that's why John Goodman is having such a tough time. Is because and he David knows was the, the one 
cheating on Swoozy. Oh fuck, you cracked yeah. it wide open. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's John's, just make it that thing. John John's a little creature in, yeah. in David's eyes. Jesus Christ. No one likes this thing. I don't <laughs> I hate this. Uh all right. Usually so I like I'm the one that better. pulls this stupid bullshit. <laughs> I, I don't I like, like being thing, on the other end. Let's let's go with my my version. Yeah, yeah, for of the course. Time yeah, being. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. just to f- yeah, 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 finish yeah, out yeah. your thing. Yeah, but, but I I, I genuinely like Seth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really Seth did it better. I mean, famously, Seth did it better. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I just like David. <laughs> yeah, David was a mentor for John professionally. Uh, they are both in the art world. John being a few steps behind David career wise. Mm-hmm. Um, he works. He's not dead, so his stuff isn't as valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David worked to shield him from criticism fairly early in his career. That's kind of cool. Shield John from criticism. Like, not Um, like the David Byrne I know. Well, yeah. Yeah, Um, he doesn't want him to feel naked against, uh... I just... That's another Talking Heads album. Oh, is it? Yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) Now I won't be sure for the rest of my life when you say a thing and you look at me expectantly (laughs) if it's... (laughs) If it's you just being weird, or if it's a fucking talking yeah, head album. Yeah, no. You, uh, yeah. You could just memorize the names of all their albums. Yeah, you oh, burnt this bridge. You and stupid. then what? Like, open hand slap you in the face when you do this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, he's shielding him from criticism early, uh, thinking it would keep him from getting beat down by the world. Sure. Um, but it seems to only have set him back in terms of uh, complacency, mostly. Yeah, like the oh, yeah. John. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like John constantly thinks he's, quote, good enough and people just don't understand mm-hmm. um, when it's actually like he could just actually be better. Um, sure. So David very much worries that he's, uh, in hindsight, made a huge mistake um, by not letting him hear the harsh truths early and develop like an ability to learn from the criticism rather than sort of blindingly reject it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our full circle. Uh, the gist of the movie is that we explore this idea of like, quote, objective truth um, and the things sure. that you don't know, um, sometimes at the hands of others, can really affect your life despite... Like, ironically, you never know that they exist, right? Like, I think that's a very... If you think about it for a second, you're like, oh, this probably happened in my life. Like, no one no one really knows their own, like, perfect truth. Um, and it, it also, of course, highlights some of the conflicting moral implications of the idea that you would keep the truth from someone for their, quote, own good. Sure. Um, and in the end, the audience is meant to contemplate sort of their role on both sides of this equation and wonder, like about the what ifs inherent in these situations and the versions of truth that they live in. And again, like, like, am I living in this? Have I done this to people? Like probably yes. On both accounts. Right. It's kind of the whole thing. I think that's how two things really quick. Jesus. Okay. Uh, more songs about buildings and food. And now I'm done with talking (laughs) heads albums. Um, so, uh, the other thing that was kind of like ripping off a bandaid that seems agreeable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other (laughs) thing is no, that I think that really works, especially, uh, as your final section ties into your first section in it's, they're both about shielding someone from reality in order to make them easier for them. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's really one of those, it's one of those tough situations. I mean, I guess they all are about that. And they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, you're Mm -hmm. sort of burdening yourself and then you feel like you're not being honest with the person. And like, is that actually better for them? Questionable whether or not that was the correct decision. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. I do very much keep doing, I do like replacing my fourth story with Seth's story where David Byrne was the father. I don't think you need to really, I don't, I don't think you need to at all. Like it's just like, it's a different, it's, a different thing right. uh, i think i, mean, I think I that your like in-depth look into that is very interesting like in-depth look into the nature of truth and protecting other people's emotions despite not fully being well without being that person is is very very sure. good in and of itself you don't I need a crazy twist anything, it makes it makes your story like more it, it makes it fit a more conventional narrative because mm-hmm. like of course someone's father would do that like yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. I know that, I mean, for me and Seth, dads aren't the worst, but it's true. <laughs> you know, I, it made its way in there. But like, I, I think these stories are relatable on some level to almost all people, I would imagine. Sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. 
So that was my huge bummer. Uh, what's this whole thing about? Well, good, good shit, Zach. Yeah, yeah very good shit. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I feel like I've been doing kind of like weird thinky deep ones lately. I feel I like know. you certainly have. I feel yeah, like we all something's have. Something's going actually. on with me. Because I, yeah, cause I did too, right? Like uh, the last think... couple of mine have been very introspective as well. That is true. Maybe maybe we have. like... No, Lee's definitely have not. But no. I feel like Seth and I have. <laughs> I think we, we go through like spurts. My and... last one was about BMX riders pulling up. Hey, it, it was, was a BMX bandit cool movie. Yeah, shit, that's though. true. Yeah, there's a... I don't know, yeah. There's been like weird how crazy can I make it and then like Wait, no, that was two ago at this point. Shit. Yeah. But I don't know, yeah. It's it's weird how it comes in spurts. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, what's this bullshit about? So uh, Wait, before you do that, Seth, I have an ad read for us. Really? I doubt it. I, this seems like a lie, <laughs> but alright, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, I do I do have an ad read and I wanted to uh, tell everybody about a podcast. Um do you guys uh, like movies do you know the feeling when you go to a party and you uh, hear people talking about a movie but you haven't seen it and then you pretend to know what the movie is uh-huh. yeah well if you listen to this show called faking movies you will get to hear three idiots talk about that same situation listen guys we pay for this fucking show i can do an ad <laughs> read if i fucking want to that's true this was This is coming out of unex- Zach's pocket. Expected. This whole show is coming out of Zach cuz he we don't have any money, but Zach does. Yeah, so. it's true. Currently I am paying to host this show. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, good ad read. So, yeah. faking movies. So wait, was, check yeah. Out hey on, guys, on, check, on, check out faking movies. I I yeah. heard about this great podcast called Faking was, Movies. Was, you should really check them out. Was the goal of that to be adversarial to get people to buy ads on Earth? I'm not sure what that was supposed to accomplish. <laughs> I thought it would be funny. Oh, it was funny. I just... Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Man, so I swear to God, if we if we get somebody that emails us like next week and is like, hey, you know, I heard that. And I, I think I do want to advertise. You like, know, it's faking movies at Gmail. So like, just it do is. it. Get in there. You fucking Please. won't. Heinz, Heinz, yeah. get in there. You owe us. You cunts. I thought Hunts owed us. No, Hunts is the one we like because Heinz betrayed us by never responding. That's true. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, True Stories is a... Yeah, beyond that bullshit. Uh, True <laughs> Stories is a 1986 film. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, the year of our Lord. Re- released October 10th, 1986. Uh, interestingly. Wait, is so this it's a, a spook- is this it's a spooky tober? It's a spooky yeah, tober, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. As we call I mean, it's it. not, but oh, like, you it's know. It kind of is That's a spooky tober. Let's bad. think about it for a second, Lee. I mean, it's kind of a spooky I mean, spooky it's tober. no the lair of the white worm, but Yeah, right. well, that's true. Oh, anyway, sure yeah. so, uh, Zach, would you like the IMDb one sentence summary? Obviously, yes, of course. Okay. Whew. All right. Ooh, he's tired already. <laughs> I am. <laughs> a small but growing Texas town filled with strange and musical characters celebrates its sesqu- sesquicentennial. sesquicentennial. Yes, sesquicentennial. And coverage on a local parade and a talent show. What the fuck is the sentence? It's Celebrates its sequicentennial and coverage on the local parade and talent show. Uh, I will just tell you a longer version. Jesus Christ. Is what it a Tremors? shitty is goddamn it... sentence. Is it just no, Tremors? It's not Tremors. Okay, so I David knew Byrne... I was going to fuck up trying to read the word sesquicentennial. Like, if okay. you just told me to say 150 Can years you... using a Latin uh... root, I could fucking do that. <laughs> but I had to read okay. it, and I can't read very well because of my dumb brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna ask you to map a number to that word. Yeah, it's 150. Know, when, you, when you told me this weekend that you're that you're dyslexic, and I was like, we've been making you read these horribly written descriptions. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh no, I'm extremely dyslexic. Oh, yeah, I can barely even... read in English. I have to practice oh, each of these, all these before I do them. Yeah, <laughs> the, the non the non sentences that are all yeah. IMDb descriptions. It's true. <laughs> I I, uh. I definitely read everyone and practice it before I come on because oh, I sorry, I bud. can't read them myself. No, I it's I, I enjoy it. So we should give you a different part. <laughs> but but it's like um that's what I'm thinking. It's like the term uh, sesquipedalian, uh, which means one and a half feet long, which is the term for Useless. a long word. I thought that was going to be an octopus and a half. No. Like a a 12 octopus. I mean, it's a truncation of the true long word. A dodecatoctopus? Yes. (laughs) 
Sure. Uh, it's a truncation of the true word, which is hippopotamonstrous escopodalianism, which is to you oh, the, right. is is the use of a long <laughs> word, like a person who uses oh, long words. That's oh fun. yeah, that's and nice. you know so it's just shag- a bun- shaggy dog story. Really, kind of ties in with true stories. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, because neat. Okay. It's all it's it's nothing happens. Yeah, and it's just a lot of stuff. Man, yeah, we um, do a lot of these. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let me tell you a little more about true stories. Sure. I'll try to be as brief as possible because it is essentially a bunch of vignettes and those do take a little longer to get through. It is a little confusing, yeah. yeah. Uh, David Byrne is our narrator uh, Mm. and he's just a dude driving around, sometimes on green screen, sometimes not. Um, And the things you said earlier, he like adapted this from... There was a script and I think he threw that script out entirely and rewrote it from Jump. Almost entirely, yeah. yeah. So he, the backstory for this script is he met uh, Stephen Tobolowsky and Beth Henley at a party that Jonathan Demme was throwing. Uh, Jonathan Demme directed Stop Making Sense, the Uh Tom Hanks concert movie. Okay. Also uh, directed Silence of the Lambs and so they, other things. But... They blasted a bunch of rails, and then they were like, "Hey, we should make some fucking movies." <laughs> it was probably more like David Byrne was like, "Hey, come to my place and check out all of these stories oh. from the National Enquirer that inspired me to do drawings." That's so... a much more chill David Byrne. Okay, I mean, <laughs> but that's, that's the way I. That's like... what David yeah, Byrne no, sounds like. Oh, like I so... had to listen to two hours of him talking. Like I know. Uh, literally the so the the background behind this movie is he met these two people and beth henley is a pulitzer prize winning playwright academy award nominated screenwriter Mm -hmm. and and steven tobolowski steven tobolowski right yep everybody's favorite uncle yeah (laughs) yeah everyone's favorite steven tobolowski my name is my password uh-huh. <laughs> very nice sneakers reference um, yeah buddy <laughs> so he he invited them back to his house and he's like look at this whole wall of drawings i did all these drawings are based on stories i read in the national Enquirer." and they you stopped write... and they didn't turn their backs to him but they slowly backed out the door <laughs> one could only assume so <laughs> they were smart that's um, what they would have done but they did not so he was like write me a screenplay and they did and then he was like hey it mostly threw this out but hey i know I you wanted... won the fucking pulitzer write me a screenplay you're the writer fucked. man <laughs> yeah it's like i'm crashing into a house uh so david byrne wrote Jesus. and directed this essentially and is in it and he's this narrator who's taking us around this small texas town and it's a texas town that's like going through urban sprawl kind of thing where the suburbs keep going outward and outward and so outward Dallas, and yeah Got it. yeah all the businesses yeah. have left the center of town and are in a mall and like yep and i think it'll be easier just to tell you about what the people we gave you like what their characters do right than actually yeah sure so, uh, so there's like a, a new tech a, firm moving in i think is also pretty important yeah there's a computer company in town in and 1986 like very, wow okay. it's very influenced by texas instruments obviously yes. oh mm-hmm. right on yeah okay yeah so it's, a, it's a it's a ti that's... no they make like motherboards and things um mm, yeah but yeah so that's houston I think? yeah okay Either. anyway well, so john goodman houston works is just the... a sprawling <laughs> certainly john goodman is like a clean suit worker in this place and his whole backstory is he's this like super charming really fun loving guy who's unlucky in love and he really wants to meet someone that wants to get married yeah exactly okay. that's his whole thing i i will say for this movie uh this is the best representation of a sad sack guy who wants to get married that has ever been put on film because oh. he never blames any women for it. no like he he's just, not shitty whole, about it in any way, which is really he, cool. I like I like he that. He keeps okay. going on throughout the movie we keep seeing him go on dates and he's all like, Yeah, I met this person. She's really interesting, but I don't think she's the right person and that's just how life is. Yeah. And so it's like a very it, mature way to deal with this, and I appreciated that. I was gonna say it's it's definitely the most mature way. I don't think it's the most true to life way. <laughs> like I no, think no, probably life, not. Much shittier, yeah. <laughs> sure, but but I mean, like I appreciated the way that they were creating this character sure. as a as you know maybe maybe like an archetypical sort of situation where like that's how it really should go, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you uh, know he's, yourself, he's, he's supposed to be extremely sympathetic. I imagine. 
And he's very throughout the whole movie. He's very upfront about like when he's meeting these women. He t- he tells them what it is he's looking for. Mm-hmm. So oh, he's not like okay. try- yeah, like That's and, cool. and they go and then it's like hey, this isn't working. It's like okay, you're right. It's not like yeah, yeah. Like, everybody everybody okay. is pretty straightforward about their shit except for well uh, the the that one guy. Um, God damn, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Is uh, Will Ferrell in this? God damn it! No, <laughs> okay. no, no. Gar- Gray's called... character is very not. Oh, Spalding Gray. Yeah. Um, oh. There's there's literally a character named the Lying Woman who just tells people these crazy fuck stories about all these celebrities yeah. who are in love with her, which is kind of fun. Like, yeah, okay. she's like, from... oh, I met Elvis when he was around, and well, Elvis mm. wasn't dead yet. It's was like he... Burt Reynolds said he would leave Hollywood for me. No, and I was like, Elvis died in need... the seventies. Yeah, he was dead. Yeah, Burt, nineteen seventy seven. Oh, Star Wars. Burt, I would. Yeah, August sixteenth, nineteen seventy seven is when Elvis died. Um so All right. Um, <laughs> she's got all these crazy stories and she's fun. Yeah, um, the lying woman gray. and that's her only name. Uh, she's very interesting and she shows up in like everybody's story. Yeah. Sure. Like okay. very briefly. Mm-hmm. Spalding Gray is like he runs that computer company and he's like this weird, like almost evangelist of the world where work and life balance doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. and like and it's that really, no like it's like a capitalistic no, like your like, like your life is your work and you should work exclusively oh, that's extremely 80s. it's that very is... it's very right, very yeah. neoliberal yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and for like and his wife who we we didn't give you her but she uh, the rumor is that they don't actually address each other directly so in all the scenes that they share together, they're telling their kids to relay messages to each other. Uh, even though yeah, and... but it's at like a dinner scene, so it's like tell your mother to pass the thing to. Yeah, like, or, so like yeah, David uh... David Byrne went to dinner with these people because David Byrne is just yeah, showing up everywhere, and he's in town like just going around meeting everyone. Yeah, so. and and so they're Vanity like projects. they're like they're doing this whole thing where where they like they're all having dinner and they're talking about the company and just and talking past each other which is it's actually a really well done scene and then they break out in song and it's very strange and there's like a bunch of like vegetables on the table that they're using to just like explain their points yeah Mm -hmm. the lighting in this movie is very interesting there's so many songs in this Mm -hmm. and they're mostly covers of talking head songs well so there's the talking heads recorded an album called true stories uh, and there are most of the songs in the movie are members of the cast performing songs from that album. Yes, my whole ass. Yeah. I just oh. mm-hmm. you you said earlier that he you thought that he was trying to not make this a vanity project. I he wanted to make it not what? seem like he was making a vanity project, but he it was a vanity was making project. The most. Yeah. If you're putting your band's songs in the whole thing, it's so, just Tommy. Like, what are we so, doing? It's not, it's not a musical because <laughs> none of these songs occur me? in the way that a musical would. Like, the songs aren't like part of the universe. They're ex- they are songs, right? Like, like that's everyone the thing. acknowledges that they're songs, right? Oh, that like, sounds so like, much more stilted. For instance, there's a Ugh. there's a fashion show and... with the wife Spalding Gray's wife puts on this fashion show which is so like oddly pro-capitalist and anti like, <laughs> it, it, it's pro-consumerism and anti-consumerism at the same, at time, the same time it's really interesting it's very fairy tale like and little... very like dreamy mm-hmm. I, I feel like i have to reiterate that cocaine was a really big part of the 80s <laughs> like <laughs> I don't think not it was a, cocaine. Not a lot I don't made think it was sense. cocaine. Was, it, it seems too kind of drug. It seems too dreamy for cocaine. It's very dreamy, yeah. Everything um, is a Swoozy, little ethereal. Swoozy okay. plays the woman who lives just on the outside of town who's so rich she never has to leave her bed. Love so that we keep, for Swoozy. That yeah, is we keep great. seeing her like watching TV and like having machines like turn her magazine pages and, and feed like, her. Whoa. Feed her. Yeah, like it's like a wow. fork. It's like I'll cut up this oh. I assume hot dogs and that's put almost it in your like mouth. future dystopian. I yeah okay. but she's got like a texas perm and like you know yeah it's a thing. it's a real uh it's a real uh you know that robot movie from disney you know the one wally. okay well we <laughs> did the joke wally was clearly the correct one. <laughs> oh, did we just do the thing yeah it's yeah true. we did um so but swoozy swoozy being a big tv addict is very important because john goodman 
character takes out an ad on takes out an ad on tv about how he's looking for a wife and that's how he comes on her radar by the end they get married yeah they get married in bed in her room yeah well natch yeah and and all the tabloids are there to cover it and and one it's really fun line because he keep in his ad he says i'm six foot three and a very consistent panda bear shape and i love myself it's true it's really it's it's it's, really it's pretty cute uh, but when they get married, they're like, where are you guys going for your honeymoon? And she pulls him in close. She goes, the bear is staying in bed. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It is pretty oh, adorable. So goddamn insane. Okay. It is extremely it is insane. insane. I, I John, can't make heads or tails of this yet. John Goodman's like song at the end after the parade. All right. So wonderful. like, that's a bunch of information right there. John Goodman's song on the stage <laughs> at the end of the parade. The so stage they're I building can, can in the s- middle of this entire movie. I can sure, sum this sure, up. Sure. I can sum this up. Uh, so okay. the whole thing Good is luck. since they're doing a sesquicentennial, they're doing a parade, which happens in the movie, and we see the parade, and then they're doing a talent show for the community. It's a celebration of specialness. Yes. Specialness. Is how David Byrne pronounces it over and over. He says and as a lit is major. It a, is it a Loch Ness-based parade? No. Uh, as, a, as a former lit major. You know, at this point, can... nothing could be, like, you can't count anything out. Anything's oh, agreed. possible. Oh, it's oh, fucking yeah, right. insane nightmare. There's a there's <laughs> so, a there's a voodoo guy in this. So we'll talk about him. I, I was gonna get to yeah, that. Why not? Of course. That, yeah. uh, as a, as a, a former lit major, I will say that I really appreciate the uh, noun hyphen ness when you're tra- or or uh, adjective hyphen ness mm-hmm. when you're describing something. I did that a lot. Like yeah, <laughs> okay. of course. I mean, I used to be an academic. I did it all the time. Mm-hmm. Substantivizing, <laughs> uh, substantivizing adjectives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, did you know that Americanness and Americanness are different things? I do because that's what I used a lot in my writing. But I assume okay. Americanness is just a character from Mother. That uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's the American version of Mother Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, deep dives into bullshit. Uh, video games, <laughs> and oddly, he has a oh. cricket bat instead of a baseball bat. Um, okay, I'm back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. Um, <laughs> there Smash, is a character, Smash Brothers hate your friends. Yep. Mm-hmm. There is a character who's a voodoo practitioner. Yes. He is the like housekeeper of Sweden. Yeah, Kurtz. I saw that face you made, uh, Zach. But the thing is that it's not shitty. Mm-hmm. It's weirdly I, I, not, not shitty, and it's so and it's I'm hard. Not worried it's, about the. Cultural appropriation. Okay, so, I'm worried about the why the fuck does this movie need more things, things at all? Sure. <laughs> that part too. Yeah. So so well we didn't get to so John Goodman, one of his coworkers is this um Latino gentleman who sings in uh, a uh in a really dope band, uh and he also Was it Sublime? He, no, <laughs> he speak, he's a Tejano singer. It's a Tejano band. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but he also like he reads tones, so like he holds on to people's noses and tells them like what's gonna happen. Yeah, to their them future. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, this... but he happens he happens to know a gentleman who's a voodoo practitioner. He's like, hey, you're unlucky in love. You should go see this dude. And he goes to see him, and like John Goodman comes in. He's like, hey, listen, I I brought my picture, like you said, and I gotta tell you though, I don't believe in this. And he's like, don't worry, I do. It'll work. <laughs> Oh, cool! So it's, yeah, and then, <laughs> no, like, which I thought a was sequence. a really cool way to treat that. Is like it's not, oh, yeah. it's not about the way that that John Goodman cares about it. It's about the people who actually practice the 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 ritual. And his That's scene fair. about That's it true. is like he has his altar set up, which, uh, from what I understand, yeah, of it's not a thing I know culture well. is is how you would set up an altar for for what you're doing. Okay, and he's like singing a song and and like making an offering, and it's like not offensive it's no just, it's just like this does. is practically yeah, okay. like i was told to to uh perform a service and i'm going to do it okay. uh, according to my beliefs and i was like wow this is like so i have never I, I mean i'm used yeah. to uh uh the 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 voodoo practices from movies such as uh oh what's that one with baron semity and uh oh Oh, are you talking the about blonde, live and let yeah. die? Live and let, yeah. live and let we, die. Uh, we did some bad ones on Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah, that's uh, a really rough. Yeah, one. yeah. Or, or or Angel Heart. Yeah, right. yeah, yep. Sure so enough. like all those sorts of things. It doesn't. I think the important thing is it doesn't exoticize the voodoo. Yes, sure, sure. 
Yeah. yeah, it's just like this is a thing that this person believes, and this is how it mm-hmm. works for him, and it is right. because John Goodman is desperate. Not desperate, yeah. but like right. he's he's like he's, he's seeking out a thing. many things, and he wants he wants to go outside the box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there's a, a lot of great uh, singing scenes. Um, one of the ones I don't really like is the one in the church. Um, yeah, no, I didn't like that either. It was very it's evangelical. A, it's, yeah, it's an evangelical type of church, and the but the preacher is like a conspiracy theorist. And apparently, this is based on a a real parody religion called. Uh, let me look this up really quick so I don't get it wrong. When you say um, parody religion, you mean with a I D, swear to God, dude, parody. D D Y uh, not T Y, right? <laughs> let me let me let me. Re- oh, I saw a lady walking with a parrot today, just on her shoulder. Jesus. Oh, I meant like you live like, in the craziest place parody. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. one for uh, one. So uh, there is a, cons- this is from the list of characters, a conspiracy theorist preacher whose shtick owes a great deal to the Church of Subgenius. I looked this oh, up. The Church of right. Subgenius mm-hmm. is a fake conspiracy based church that David Byrne belongs to, apparently. Well, there you go. Um, of course he go. fucking yeah. does. <laughs> um, and that is my least favorite sequence in the Agreed. movie, but you know, it's there. But John Goodman's song is excellent. John Goodman's song at the end the is great. The fact also, that there uh, are any uh, fucking songs in this movie, like so, there's a there's a big <laughs> sequence in a mall, and the mall looks identical to the mall I grew up going to. Yeah, it, it, it looks okay. like it, it's I not mean, quite the same. Like every mall, yeah. the mall I grew <laughs> yeah. up going to, yeah. but still. Uh, but early Oof. on in the movie, David Byrne pulls his car up to the outside of a nightclub, and he goes, "Hey, I hope you all like loud music," <laughs> and they go in. And it's a club where people lip sync along to a song and they take turns oh, yeah, singing that different was parts of the song. Of course, there's, uh, there is a Talking Heads song. Well, right. Oh. It's the Talking Heads song, uh, Wild Night. Uh, oh. Wild Night. That one. Um, yeah. So right. <laughs> everybody gets up and takes turns singing. Wait, Lee, were you David... in the fucking Talking Heads? Like, why? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, this is so masturbatory. <laughs> everybody takes turns singing. <laughs> And like David Byrne and other members of the Talking Heads do portions of it where they're um, lip syncing, but they're dressed as famous musicians while they're doing right. it. And there's a music video version that is more based around the pop culture parodies than the one in the movie. Mm-hmm. Wait, but, but anyway. is there a giant square suit? Oh, not in this one. No, oh, God damn one. it. He does dress as Prince, though. He does. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's off brand, but okay, sure. Yeah. So we get to the end. And there's a big <laughs> talent show, talent show, the celebration of special Ness. Yeah. Um, and the final song is John Goodman and the, his band, his backing band, which are called the country bachelors. Yes. Um, and they sing this song called people like us. And, and it's, uh, people like us, we don't need freedom. We don't need justice. We just want someone to love. And it's actually a, good country I song. really like <sighs> this song. I, I It's a great song. Yeah, like so I I don't terribly care for the Talking Heads because I don't think that they're like uh like melodic and sequential in a way that I enjoy listening to. We get it. But you're yeah. a robot, we get it. Bassoons, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, regardless, <laughs> I thought that this was very pleasant. It's a As good a song. human good finds song. things you, pleasant. Mhm. Aesthetically. Maybe I, Maybe I misunderstood the rest of the entire movie, but you are presupposing a world in which let's end on We're a... using presuppose too much right now, <laughs> yeah, by maybe, the way. Maybe, I'm just wanting, yeah. A world in which it's my fault. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to be an English boy. Please let me do it. <laughs> you are making the supposition that <laughs> yeah. this stands a world it. in which <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's make the supposition. Zach, make so a supposition. You you made John Goodman singing a song at the end of this movie seemed like a normal thing that would happen at the end of any yes. movie. Ever. Well, it's the it's there's I don't understand like, celebration. In this technically, the end of the movie is technically the end of the movie is he gets married, and then we get another David Byrne voiceover, and then the little girl who was like dancing down a dirt road is the last. Okay, shot you're adding a bunch new of new information sure. in here. <laughs> I guess my my point is like you've told me a lot of things. I think there are maybe four movies in here, and they're all completely disjointed. Yeah, yeah, so no, absolutely. Is, there is absolutely a roughly, true. there is a incredibly roughly connected plot, but it is <sighs> mostly disjointed slice of life vignettes. Yeah, no, but like even genre wise, there's so many things going on here. I just. <sighs> It all just feels like weird small town. Yeah, I mean, genre-wise, this movie is very hard to describe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> Empirically, I agree. <laughs> incredibly watchable. Hard to talk about. Well, I mean, I so I sounds I, like we differ on this. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I was I was staying with Lee over the weekend, and I watched. We went camping. My cut. And then my came cut. Home cut boys. We got all fun. Yeah, my we cut, went camping, yeah. and then we had to bushwhack for like a mile and a half <laughs> down the side of a a mountain, and we a very steep mountain covered in sharp and stingy. Things. Yeah, we definitely like went through a lot of singing that and I got poison ivy and our our friend who we were with uh definitely got friend of the show Austin friend of the show Austin got slashed in the back of the legs by a wayward <laughs> rosebush uh which is not indigenous to the area where we live so it's very like it's a very strange situation but regardless it's a very beauty and the beast style curse <laughs> is about to befall him precisely but um I I don't he could carry it He's he's got that kind of magnetism. I bet he could pull off <laughs> pull off some beasts. Probably. Yeah, that's true. Um, regardless, what I'm trying to say is that if I had not been forced to watch this uh, <laughs> with Lee, I really thought you were gonna. Like I think that's speaks volumes. You've already said. <laughs> no, it's because it's because like uh, it's it's too disjointed to me, and I don't terribly care for the Talking Heads, and it's because the Talking Heads don't sing in a linear like a traditional like uh, melodic bridge melodic fashion right which is that is true a thing that i i you know unfortunately prefer in my music i i will say david byrne is my least favorite part of the talking heads i think the music of the talking heads is like generally enjoyable you're more of a tom tom club kind of guy. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Yeah, Byrne seems kind of like David Lynchy in his like I am yeah. the coolest person that has ever lived. Yeah, he yeah. is definitely he's a, very full a, of um, himself. I will say that. I was I was gonna say cult of personality, but yeah, sure, cult of personality also works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a nice way of saying you're a douche. You're kind of a megalomaniac asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I I do want to give a, a quick a quick shout out to this movie um the opening narration and and photo montage uh that that david byrne does is a both incredibly accurate and also like surprisingly enlightened version of the history of texas it's like oh is he from yeah texas? that's true what, what's with the texas thing i don't know if i don't know why they not, chose but... texas but yeah, yeah like when he's talking about he's like, like white like, settlers the u.s government in... started covert operations to seize the territory of texas as early as 19 er, as early as 1835 which is like yeah that's true that's a thing that they did they were trying to undermine the mexican government like, yeah so like the yeah. the opening the opening narration was it's like these native peoples lived here and they fought with these peoples and the white people came in and they murdered these people and like yeah it, it, like it's not pulling punches about colonialism I yeah guess. but and it, it was, doesn't seem material to the movie in any way <laughs> it's just right? setting it's setting up the stakes of like well not the stakes but it's of it's small town parades like I don't no know. it's a, it's establishing that that Texas has Texas, a lot of culture. Texas is, oh, sure. is that okay. we don't talk Texas about. Texas okay. is fraught. Like Texas is a very complicated situation. Fraught is a good word. Yeah. Right. The term Texas means friendship, but the whole history of Texas is murder and seizing. Like, <laughs> hey, you know racism. You know their their favorite phrase: "Don't mess with Texas." Do you know where that comes from? You've told me yeah, this. this. Is the uh-huh. only reason I know. Yeah. Yeah. In the 1970s, uh, there there were a lot of environmental movements. Uh, so oh. like coming that people listened that to. people actually listened to. And Ralph Nader. No. 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 Not as much. No. Did he start in the 70s? This is this is no. It's more it's more like latent Nixon era EPA stuff. But regardless, mm. Texas put up all of these signs that said "Don't mix with Texics." Don't mess with Texas, and they were anti-littering campaigns. It was oh, like literally, don't put mess in Texas. Exactly, don't <laughs> yeah. mess with Texas. Three hundred dollar fine <laughs> for littering. An and then oh, they God. took up that slogan as, as this, like, like a pew, pew, pew. yeah, as this <laughs> yeah. as this Weird castle doctor. Yeah. Don't take my gun. Exactly, yeah, like, but it was wow. originally an environmentalist anti-littering campaign. That's really yep. fun. Right? Isn't that I, fucked up? Isn't that absolutely is. completely fucked? I, I will say uh, the last time I was down fucked. in Texas, I was in Austin. And uh, when you drive anywhere outside of Austin, um, there's all these wildflowers everywhere. And apparently Lady Bird Johnson did this whole fucking campaign where she was like, instead of repaving all the roads, we're just going to put wildflowers 
fucking everywhere. And everybody in Austin loves to tell you about that. They're like, hey, I know like urban sprawl sucks, but also flowers are cool. Lady Bird Johnson? Lyndon Johnson bought up a bunch of television stations and then got put on the communications panel for the Senate so he could change laws saying that he could own more television stations. And that's how he made his money. I'm not saying Manipulating it... the people of Texas with his television stations. I'm not saying it's cool. I think they're glass half full in that one. Yeah. He yeah. also used to expose his penis to everybody. Oh, I have heard about that. I've heard all about them pants. Yeah. Situation. Those yeah. pants. Lyndon Johnson's. Can a real you piece can you shit. take the hog part two inches down, please? Yeah. I mean, he like signed the civil rights <laughs> legislation, and that's great. Yeah, LBJ. But he also was a really shitty person. It's almost like all so. presidents are pretty fraught. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Fraught again. That's such a good word. <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to bring up about this movie? Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> I talked about what I wanted to talk about. I think it's wonderful it, it it got nominated for some independent spirit awards mm. like best first feature basically as for david byrne oh um sure. yeah. it didn't it didn't end up winning i forget what did um but another in I think 86 it was another yeah no it was no. another actually really famous movie i think i'll, I'll look it up in a second but um he it did win a, a one of the early vmas for best music video to go along with a movie mm-hmm. uh, of course because there are one or two music videos that they pulled from this movie yeah yeah, yeah sure and John Goodman was a very attractive figure in this. Like he was, he's, oh, man, he's, he's looking, always good. He's looking yeah. real. This motherfucker can't be stopped in this movie. Yeah, I no, he's 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 imminently charming. He's like, yeah, no, he's really cool. I like John Goodman in this a lot. Yeah, I I do. Oh, best best first feature went to uh, Spike Lee for She's Got a Habit. Well, so, like, all it's right, hard to Spike argue Lee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I uh, I'm surprised that. You're praising this. Either of you are praising this. Uh, I'm not. The way I'm, you I'm, described uh, it, it sounds it, it is, not it, good. <laughs> it is a difficult watch if you were expecting Opposite. a linear movie. I'm okay with non-linear. It just sounds completely insane. I there's like a yeah, middle ground I, between like completely linear and obvious and like total yeah. bedlam. No, from and, a technical standpoint, I do want to say like this doesn't look like the a movie directed by a first time director. No, it, it, it doesn't. It's it's reasonably it, well shot, except for the yeah. car scenes. I think the car scenes are purposeful, though. Uh, all right, he's sitting there in front of a green screen, like insane. moving his hands back and okay, forth. Okay, okay, like, yes, in an animated yes, fashion, and I like, and, yeah. and I recognize that. My problem is the inconsistency between when he has rearview some... mirrors and when he doesn't. Oh because... my god, it's when he's actually driving versus when he's not actually driving. Seth, my no, god, no, no. The, okay. the like... problem is, is the goddamn inconsistency of it. Of a mirror? Yes, because the mirror (laughs) was going to be blocking his face, so he as a director decided that he had to remove that mirror so everyone could see David Byrne's goddamn face, instead of shooting it from a slightly different angle so that you could see his face, even though he still had a rearview mirror. This movie was 90 minutes long, it made $2.5 million. Um, Cost 2.5? I actually don't know how much it costs. It just has the what it made. Oh, it yeah. made two point five. Well, two point five is not a good made. Well, so it's an it's an indie. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine I that it cost that much. Like most of the money was spent on David Byrne's various suits. Yeah, and his <laughs> none of them are big. They're all they're, they're, all, they're, all, they're lube, all so he could jerk himself off in his trailer. <laughs> they're all they're all pretty good cuts. So I mean, mm, I mean, for okay. for like a western style cut, but. It is all Western yeah. style, yeah. So he has sure. a lot of cowboy shirts, and he has a lot of uh, uh, fully buttoned up uh, cowboy shirts with no... With bolos. Well, with either with bolos or with nothing. Um, oftentimes he's wearing a full... I mean, you know I'm a bolo boy. We all know yeah, from obviously. Zach's wedding that I, um, <laughs> that I wore 23 bolo Famously. ties. Famously. Yeah. Famously, Match. yeah. Match. You're the Michael Jordan of <laughs> Zach's wedding, 23. I it's do true. love that that's the hallmark of my wedding. Like yeah. when when wife and I have our thirtieth anniversary, I'm gonna be like, "You remember those bolo ties?" <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna be like, "Remember those cool things Lee said?" Because he was too high to talk. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fact. True. Uh, that was very. All right, uh, let's rate. Anyway, this so this nightmare. movie uh, on IMDb has a seven point two out of ten. God damn it! That's as a seven. How many ratings is it? Uh, six. Was Five thousand seventeen. Okay. Okay. That yeah. seems uh, 
reasonably right. low. Yeah. So let's just let's just get into them them rating boys. You want to go first? I, you should go I first, do. Seth. So, um, I like uh, I like uh, in Zach's version. I like uh, and I don't know if this is actually a term, but this chain narrative that you have. Yeah. Like I like the linking wow, Lee is licking his lips lasciviously <laughs> and it is unpleasant on this video chat. But uh-huh. Zach, I like your chain narrative. I don't know if it's an actual sure. term or not, but essentially no, like linking linking these vignettes through that Jesus is exactly... God Lee. You have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're pulling a me that, right now, and yeah. I now recognize how upsetting it is <laughs> from the outside. Oh, my lips are so wet. No. <laughs> oh my god! God damn it! Um, uh, yeah, that that is exactly what I was going for. Is like at the end of the movie, you realize it connects to the beginning of the movie, and you go, "Oh fuck!" Like right, yeah, like it's a cyclical light motif sort of situation, and like the yep. the like it is kind of a light motif, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, like, and it's a cycle. And, it's certain. It's a cycle, if nothing else. And 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 this like uh, the this idea of keeping the truth from somebody for their own good being ultimately detrimental, because you know, in in the long run, really, what really matters is being honest with your loved ones and not hiding things, because that ultimately leads to strife. Despite yep. what you may think in terms of protecting them, so like, I really appreciate that. Um, so, Zach, I am going to give your movie a 7.3. Okay. Very nice. Just just barely above this. Mm -hmm. Well, the IMDb version of it. (laughs) My version, or my interpretation of this movie, this movie is, if if Lee hadn't forced me to watch it when I was sitting on his couch. uh, With with lots of open wounds, I understand. After I plied you with alcohol and chicken. Oh, it's true. Yeah, you did. Oh, and what was the other thing we made? We made, oh, we made made that puff pastry. Vodka uh, pizza. Vodka sauce pizza. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude, it was extremely good. I made a vodka sauce. Lee dealt with everything else. That is, I think, top pizza of all time. Yeah, Yeah, it's really good. It's up there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm loving it. (laughs) Chicky nugs and anyway, (laughs) and hamburgers and Frenchy fries. Yes. All right, a joke for no one. Um, (laughs) The original version is it wasn't unpleasant, but it also like. As not being a Talking Heads, not being a David Byrne fan, really, uh, it did seem a little disjointed. But um, I'll give it, I'll give it like a six five. It's fine. It's like if 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 you're in okay. the right area or like with the right people, it could be a very fun watch. Like if you're like if you're all sitting around goofing on it and somehow compromised, shall we say? <laughs> uh, either through booze or other, uh, or flesh wounds, uh, Zach's wedding type, yeah, uh, other, yeah. other accoutrements which might compromise mm-hmm. a, a person. Mm-hmm. I think it, it could be really fun, but like it's just not, it's not a thing that I would enjoy if I hadn't been with another person. I think I would have rated it way, way lower if Lee hadn't been there with me. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, Comes through. I, I was gonna say, uh, Lee, before you go, d- recommend this for me. I feel like no, I don't. With other people, yeah, I would. Well, it, immediately the other people would be my wife, who would uh, does not like the Talking Heads. And I don't think no she would enjoy. Fucking it. No, I, I do is. not think your wife would enjoy this at all. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, so me, right? Me now, me now, money now. Me go. Me. You go. Jesus um, Christ. Me go. <laughs> Um, so Zach, I, I really enjoyed yours and I thought it was very, um, I thought it was very thoughtful. I thought it made a lot of sense. Sure. Uh, I thought Seth's edition Don't, really pushed it over. Are the you edge, trying to make us stop making sense? Good. No, no, you no, just literally said made a lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't, uh, I will say the name of the band is the talking heads. That's another talking heads album for you. Um, no one's keeping track. I don't know what you're even doing. <laughs> I think I did all of them. It's fine. Cool. Somebody um, keeps so, score at home. <laughs> I hope you're fucking proud of yourself. <laughs> Always. Um, that's why I have no personal growth. Cause I'm so self-satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh boy! I, I thought you I thought you made a really great movie, Zach, and it it really 
fit with the people and it fit with the title and 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 i'm gonna give you an eight Ooh, um, all right all right pretty good zach i think it would be a really wonderful film Ooh. uh yeah. however count me among the lovers oh of my this god movie. he's gonna give it a um, 10 what a piece of shit <laughs> fucking uh, uh this is not so, a 10 movie oh my god this is not a uh, I, I wanted to you know red letter media the people who did those like really intense like episode yeah uh, right star wars yeah, prequel the, the yeah. plinket reviews yes uh he counts this among his favorite movies cool um he's wrong Based on not having seen the movie and just right, hearing I'm about it. I'm going to give it a 9.8. <laughs> you that is... dirty bitch. <laughs> I love this movie. I think this movie might have found its way. I've watched it three times now in this last month, including once with Seth. This has moved its way into my top 10. This is amazing. Everything about this is just unbridled, just vanity and like a celebration of of small town dumb shit and like that's true i mean that is that is there but totally confused like viewpoints on what yeah whether or not consumerism is good like it's so strange it's a very it's a very much a creature of the 80s like i mean i feel like this is the zeitgeist at the time as well is very confused ideas about about consumerism and neoliberalism and things like that and also david byrne being you know so much up his own asshole so oh yeah for sure but like 9.8 for sure 100 percent. hundy p i love this movie this movie Un- is just fucking so believable good. <laughs> so good zach so fucking good yeah. you need to see this movie and no just, like, i disagree with seth I, no Please, i i think give... i'm squarely in seth's corner i, I think certain I that if i see this movie i'm gonna be like this word so you can is... watch this no shit. i mean <laughs> zach you should watch it and then side with me yeah it's a i'm gonna watch this way, by myself movie. as seth it recommended a... one should not do in the dark and then i'm gonna text seth independently and go yeah man you were fucking right this movie is garbage yeah Whatever, dude. I love this movie so much. You lose. I mean, I, like, sorry. I, I gave you a great score. I did lose. That's true. All right. Well, I don't think you lost. Sense. I thought your version was maybe better. But thank you, Seth. I also thought my version was better. <laughs> uh, next week we are doing. It's gonna oh boy. get crazy. We're gonna go fucking De Palma nonsense. Yeah, no, this is spooky. Which is probably over. Yeah, Spooky Tober is over, but we yeah, do Spooky Tober in November. Spooky Tober so is dead and gone. Yeah, but this but is yeah. Spooky Vember for sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, this is nothing. We have this fourth, <laughs> fourth member of the podcast. Marielle is coming back uh, for real. Yeah, yeah she no, is really the only doing this movie that I I confidently would say I did not know about until this week. Seth, I don't know about you. Oh no, I did. Lee and I have okay. talked about it. No one length. will watch this movie. Right, Lee was very upset that no one would ever watch this movie. No, no, yeah. It so... is called Phantom of the Paradise. Yes, and just Google the cover art for this. It's fucking insane it's it's crazy town bazonker pants. who are you telling this to it's mariel is the only person that's gonna hear that's this true. like that's true that's uh, all maybe right. will yeah maybe will and talk to will in, in in a few weeks i owe you i owe you a call will i miss you Love um, weirdly personally. maybe okay. austin okay. maybe no all right never mind <laughs> <laughs> good heavens all right so yeah it, we're certainly gonna none this. of our partners we're so. gonna do- no, 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 God, no, never. never. <laughs> We're gonna do a spooky tober in spooky Vember, and uh, maybe who knows? It could be spooky Sember by then. Oof, well, we'll find out. Yeah. I don't think so, but maybe. So until then, uh, Lee turkey... has terrible taste in movies. Listen, guys, do you think Tom <laughs> Hat would put his anus over the smokestack or put his penis into it? I'm not sure which. What? I mean, it depends on if uh, Sir Topham Hat is a top or a bottom. Well, I mean, name would suggest. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the cut.